MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a look at right here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network, as it is Greg Peterson holding it down tonight for Scott Seidenberg. Very pleased to be with you guys, and we've got three hours of fun coming up. As right now, we've got the Wisconsin versus Arizona State game that's happening out here in lovely Las Vegas, which is where I am at. More specifically, I'm at Circa, the wonderful sports book and resort out here in Las Vegas. But once this game winds up going final, right around if you're out here on the West Coast, 11.45 p.m. Pacific East Coast, 2.45 p.m. Eastern. Wes Reynolds, who is currently at this game, we are going to be checking in with him. We're going to be talking about this, taking a look forward at some of the bull action that we're going to be getting for Friday and just moving forward as well. So we're going to be having some fun there. And then we are also going to be taking a look at some college basketball as well. We're going to be taking a look at, obviously, what we've got with regards to the NFL. So we've got a lot that is going to be coming up these next three hours and how about if we start out there in the world of college football because obviously the college football playoff that is really going to be what is going to be big on Friday I'm going to be talking about it all throughout these next three hours but how about if we take a look at some results that we have seen here from this college football Thursday as we have seen some harebrained results I think that many people much like myself have engaging a lot of these line moves and when it comes to some of these line moves a few of them wound up being correct and a few of them wound up being dead wrong as we have really been seeing underdogs being able to do a solid job all bowl season long. And Arizona State is going to try to hold that trend as this is a line between Wisconsin and Arizona State here in the Las Vegas betting or the Las Vegas Bowl that wound up opening up seven. Right now, you're seeing Wisconsin up by kind of 20 to 13 after closing as an eight and a half to a nine point favorite. You got about one minute left in the third quarter in this one if you're looking live. You're able to get Wisconsin as a nine and a half point favorite. If you're looking at Arizona State, that's a plus nine and a half point line. And it's a total that I want to put closing right around 42 to 42 and a half. Right now, the live total is at 45 and a half as you are trying to see if you're trying to get another over on this day. As in the first game, it all depended on the number that you wound up getting because South Carolina and North Carolina, mostly numbers wound up going over in this one. It's a number that opened up at 58 and a half. Saw a little bit of toggling, but close in most places between a 57 and a 57 and a half. North Carolina as what wound up being a 12 to 13 point favorite wind up losing outright to South Carolina. South Carolina 
was the biggest underdog to this point to be able to win this bowl season. They wind up getting it done by kind of 38 to 21. I have heard a lot of slander over the Mayo bath. I think that it's absolutely terrific for South Carolina, a program that let's call it what it is ever since Steve Spurrier wound up leaving the program a few years ago. It has been a little bit tough for them. So I always say, let them celebrate. I personally am not necessarily the world's biggest fan of Mayo myself. I probably would not want to be drenched in that bath, but I'm more than welcome to watching other people get drenched in that bath. But I mean, it really has been a theme, in my opinion, with regards to a lot of these bowl games. We've really seen the underdogs be able to do a solid job. You wind up seeing another underdog of north of a touchdown be able to win outright in the Music City Bowl. That would be Purdue taking down Tennessee by a count of 48 to 45. And if you've been taking the money line of these underdogs all bowl season long, you have come out quite profitable thus far as you wind up seeing Purdue close as right around a plus 230 underdog when it came to the money line. If you're looking at South Carolina, by the way, you were in a lot of spots getting north of plus 350. Plus 350 was pretty much a low point on the close of that one. So if you wind up just taking them on Thursday, my goodness, you're right now swimming in it, obviously. You'd be wanting Arizona State to be able to come home as they wound up closing as a money line underdog or around the plus 250, plus 260-ish range. And then the lone underdog that was unable to bark. That was one of the biggest line moves that we wound up seeing all bowl season long. Michigan State, they got it done against Pittsburgh by kind of 31 to 21, a game in which Pittsburgh was legitimately covering for all but the final couple plays of this game. So that was one that did not wind up going the way of the underdog. But that's something that I really have been noticing. All these underdogs have been able to do a relatively solid job this bowl season. And I think a lot of it comes down to motivation. It's a case in which when it comes to gauging these bowl games, oh no, you want to be taking a look at some of the advanced analytics and everything like that. But when you wind up seeing opt-outs, like we wind up seeing it with Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett did not wind up playing in this game. So as a result, you wind up having a backup quarterback situation. You really have to throw those all out the window. You have to do your best to try to gain some intel on some of these guys that are going to be perhaps getting in some of these cases the first opportunities of their lives to be able to start in these games, which can be incredibly difficult. That means that you wind up taking a look at recruiting rankings and things like that, and that can throw a big giant can of worms into things. But certainly it is a case in which you got to be taking a look at things like motivation, coaching. We really saw that, in my opinion, when Oklahoma was able to win and cover their bowl game on Wednesday as with regards to this Wisconsin versus Arizona State game. Now I got Arizona getting the ball back as and it's actually a very nice punt that wound up landing right around the 25-yard line. So Arizona State is going to be looking to drive there. But when it comes to a lot of these teams, just them wanting to be there, I think is very big. You wind up seeing it a little bit earlier this bowl season as well. Sometimes you have like hidden motivations like the Central Florida versus Florida game I thought was very prime for a team in Central Florida in which probably had a bunch of guys that they wound up getting passed over by Florida and said they wind up going to Central Florida. They want to make a big giant statement and they were able to do so on that day. And that was one that I wound up taking the money line on personally. That was a nice north of $2 cash on that one as well. So we've really been seeing a lot of these wind up coming about as well. And what we're going to be seeing a lot of when it comes to the non-college football playoff games, when it comes to everything for Friday, which I'm going to be touching upon quite a bit throughout the show as well. 
some of these teams have been a little bit of uh, victims of bait and switch because when it came to the Arizona Bowl, that wound up just getting canceled altogether. Washington State was supposed to be playing against Miami when it comes to the Sun Bowl. So pretty much you threw together Central Michigan and Washington State about, what, 48 hours ago? So that means that these two teams that they were preparing for, in the case of Central Florida, Boise State, in the case of, Was in the case of Washington State, Miami, they are pretty much both on the same wavelength. Both are getting thrown into this a little bit in the blue, I guess you could say. And as a result, right now you've got Central Michigan against Washington State. And Washington State is seven-point favorite. And with everything that Washington State has been through, they wind up having to fire Nick Rolovich due to the fact that he wasn't necessarily complying with the health and safety protocols of the university out there in the state of Washington. They've got a little bit of a rule on what you must have all public employees be vaccinated, and he didn't agree with that, so you can make of it what you do, but with that said, you saw Washington State fight very hard after Nick Rolovich was let go, but at the same time, you've got a Central Michigan team that got to feel like they're going to be very fired up for this game. We have certainly seen the struggles of MAC teams when it comes to the bowl season, so I think that that is going to be a really interesting game. I personally am going to be taking a look at the seven when it comes to Central Michigan because I do think that they're going to be ready to go in this one. I do think that when it comes to Central Michigan, them having pretty much their full allotment of players, aside from if you wind up getting some late COVID-19 news, is going to be very good for them. And then you take a look at the Rutgers versus Wake Forest game. Wake Forest was not supposed to be playing Rutgers, but you wind up having an opt-out, and Rutgers was one of the lone bull eligible teams that said, you know what, we're going to step up and we're going to be taking this game. And as a result, right now you've got Wake Forest as a 16 and a half point favorite because this is a Rutgers team that they weren't supposed to be going to a bowl game to start with. Now, this is a case of which with the underdog, I think it might be a little bit more hairy just because, well, there's underdogs and then there's taking Rutgers in pretty much any sport at this point. For college basketball, they did wind up making the NCAA tournament last year, but they were unable to cover against the main Black Bears on Thursday. So that is a little bit of a tough situation there. They on up losing on their home floor to Lafayette, by the way, as well, which that's, if you're looking at bad losses in college football, that is certainly up there, but with Wake Forest as well, got to feel like them having to prepare for a little bit of a different opponent as well. That's going to throw them a little bit out of sorts. This is something that I'm going to be looking at, certainly when we wind up going a little bit more into the nitty-gritty gr nitty of the bowl games that we're going to be having for Friday. I mentioned it with COVID-19 information as well with Alabama having a couple of their coaches while testing positive but seems like everything is starting to get a little bit more on line with that how does that wind up affecting things as well I think that that's really a fascination because when it comes to coaching I always think that it's a little bit more important when it comes to college rather than the pros because the pros well you've got a bunch of guys that they have families, they're doing this for a living. Meanwhile, you've got college kids that are doing everything humanly possible to be able to get to the next level. So I do think that that is something that needs to be looked at as well. So I think that you're going to be having a lot of good storylines when it comes to these bowl games that are going to be coming up on Friday. And hey, we still do have one that is going on on Thursday as well. Right now, you're in the early portion of the fourth quarter in the Wisconsin versus Arizona State game. Arizona State has driven down. They've been able to get a first down as it is 20-13 with about 12-34 remaining in the fourth quarter. Arizona has a ball right around midfield, so I'm certainly going to be keeping you guys abreast of that. 
And we've got to be keeping up with everything when it comes to the NFL as well, because you didn't wind up having a Thursday night football game today. So that is something that is a little bit of an oddity. It always feels like there's something missing when you don't wind up having Thursday night football. But what you do have with the NFL is a lot of question marks when it comes to a lot of these injuries, when it comes to a lot of COVID-19 information as well. And I'm going to be taking a look at some of the line moves that we've seen, just the way that things have been shifting with some of these guys that have tested positive for COVID-19, the updated vaccine, the updated mandates when it comes to guys that wind up testing positive, the way that they're trying to get back out there on the field. I'm looking at you, Indianapolis, with the old Carson Wentz ordeal. So we're going to be hitting upon that a little bit more next. And then when it comes to the second hour, going to be hitting a lot more on hoops as well when it comes to both the NBA and college basketball. So we've got a lot planned right here on the look at coming up next. Talking some NFL right here on VSIN, the Sports Bang Network. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This, pro- this segment of the Look At is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. It is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more, no more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no more batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so that way you can easily find the satisfaction level that is perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is now available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning that it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head over to zinn.com find 
to locate a store that is nearest you. That is zbyn.com slash fine and warning. This is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and what else is very interesting this time of year is just being able to gauge the NFL. We've only got a few weeks left before we wind up getting the postseason. And there's a lot in question. We're going to be hitting on some futures later on this hour as well. Just first things first, want to take a look at everything that we've got going down for this week. Because when it comes to it, you've got a lot of teams that they've got some questionable decisions to make when it comes to the quarterback spot. Obviously, the biggest one is the Indianapolis Colts. As the Indianapolis Colts do have Carson Wentz, who is currently going through the health and safety protocols of the NFL. But they wound up catching a big giant break because with Carson Wentz under the old guidelines because you wound up having the CDC come out a few days ago and they wound up updating the quarantine status from needing the quarantine from 10 days to five with the timing in which Carson Wentz wound up testing positive for COVID-19. He is most likely going to be able to play in this game against the Las Vegas Raiders. As a result, the Indianapolis Colts are finding themselves as a seven-point favorite, and you wound up seeing a couple of books because they thought that Carson Wentz was going to be out of the fold. They wound up moving this line from more like a seven to a seven and a half down to a two to a two and a half. So if you were able to jump on that, well, very good on you for that because it was one of these cases in which the updated guidelines wound up coming out literally at the same time that Carson Wentz was testing positive for COVID-19. And it really speaks to just how important it is to be taking a look at this changing landscape and everything that has been going on in general when it comes to just COVID-19 in general, everything that is going on, because we've seen the NFL multiple times wind up taking a look at things and wind up updating the status of how you wind up bringing players back, how you wind up just handling these ordeals in general because we wound up seeing it just about two weeks ago when those games wound up getting postponed and wound up getting pushed to Tuesday. There were teams that in other circumstances, they wouldn't have been able to get those guys back out there for Tuesday. They were able to, so you were able to have a little bit more of the full complement of players. Now Washington football team obviously wound up having to have Garrett Gilbert in their game against Philadelphia, but it was able to be a little bit of a booster and it's just so important because I always get asked when it comes to college basketball, taking a look at injury information and things like this. And there are just some things that are completely unknown, especially when it comes to college, which is why I do think that right now gauging college basketball and college football is actually much more difficult than gauging in actual sport like the NFL, the NBA, in which you do wind up having guys that are making millions of dollars. They are pretty much paid employees because you do wind up having HIPAA loss that wind up coming through for college basketball, college football, which makes these a little bit more difficult. You wind up having to look at beat writers when it comes to social media, and you still want to be doing this when it comes to the NFL because when it comes to these guys that they wind up getting ruled in slash ruled out, just wanted mentioning it with the Carson Wentz ordeal. If you were looking at just the right time, you were able to get a very, very good number with regards to the Indianapolis Colts, and obviously we could wind up seeing a case in which it doesn't matter with your number with the Colts. You could wind up having a case in which the Colts wind up winning by two touchdowns. You could wind up having a case in which the Indianapolis Colts wind up losing outright. And it's just going to, in this case, not be the end-all, be-all. But when it comes to long-term with regards to sports betting, you do want to be trying to do everything humanly possible to try to get the best of the number. When it comes to quarterbacks, they wind up moving lines 
more than pretty much any other player in any other sport, aside from really baseball pitchers. But when it comes to baseball, there are a lot of books that they still allow you to be able to go pitcher dependent. So if you'd wind up having a starting pitcher, wind up not going, you have a little bit more protection there. Meanwhile, if the starting quarterback of, say, the Annapolis Colts, like Carson Wentz, does not wind up going, well, you still have a live bet, unlike if you wind up going pitcher dependent in baseball. So I think that that is just very important to be taking a look at. And when it comes to some of the line moves that we have been seeing in the NFL, obviously that was a big one. Now the line has been restored sort of to what we were expecting a little bit earlier, just because it does look like Carson Wentz is going to be in the fold. But I do find it really interesting to see the line movement that we've seen with this with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Jets because we have seen this go from 11 to 13 in some circumstances. The look at line, you were thinking that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to be more around an 11-point favorite, and I do think that it's going to be a very prime opportunity for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to be able to beat up on, let's call it what it is, a Jets team that they have not been so stellar this year, a Jets team that has been all sorts of banged up, and it's been really tough now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They themselves have been trying to work things out with regards to their own ailments. You've got so many of these skill position players that are trying to help out Tom Brady. Well, they're not going to be out there on the field, but when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think that we maybe lost sight of a little bit is just how good that defense was last season. We all remember what they were able to do in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now they are looking a little bit more dominant now. Also, in that game against the Carolina Panthers, it came to the forefront that Sam Darnold and Cam Newton, neither of these guys are the answer for the Carolina Panthers. They went and combined 22 of 45 in that game. So I think that you wind up doing a 50-50. You give some credit to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you chalk it up to a pair of former top five picks. Not necessarily being great right now, but with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what I think is going to be really interesting for this team in the final two weeks of the regular season, then moving forward as well, because and let's call it what it is, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they should be able to get by very easily in this game. Is just, are they going to be able to have a little bit more of a run game to be able to take the pressure off of Tom Brady? Because if you do wind up getting Leonard Fournette back out there, great. If not, you're going to be relying upon Ronald Jones II along Keyshawn Vaughn. Vaughn is a little bit more of a home run hitter. Winds up coming from Vanderbilt University. Really been a little bit of a journeyman guy. Wound up being someone that there was something expected of him right around a third-round pick last season. Hasn't necessarily seen a bunch of run with the team, but Ronald Jones II looks like he's going to be a little bit more of a bell cow guy. And when it comes to facing off against the New York Jets, you should be able to do everything relatively well and for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers certainly have been able to see some good signs when it comes to this team so I think that this is going to be a game in which the line move is going to be correct in my opinion I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should be able to take care of business what really is going to be of intrigue is what winds up happening to the what winds up happening in the postseason and then there are a lot of teams that obviously they're going to be fighting for seeding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are hoping for a slip up from the Green Bay Packers to be able to try to climb in that race as well and when it comes to just being able to get into the postseason you've got one team that pretty much everything is riding on these next two weeks in the Baltimore Ravens and that they're currently in the eighth spot in the AFC if things wind up going right for them they would probably be able to make a little bit of a run in my opinion they've got the pieces to be able to do so but when you take a look at Lamar Jackson right now he is limping very very badly which means that you're probably going to be not having him out there on the field and if you do 
he is probably not going to be at 100% as Tyler Hundley would be getting these snaps. That Tyler Hundley has actually been able to do a solid job as a backup, but there are certain cases when it comes to guys that wind up playing injured in which sometimes when a guy winds up playing at 70 to 75%, it's much better than the understudy. If you wind up seeing the video of Lamar Jackson and the way that he was limping about a day or two ago that wound up coming out, I would argue right now that I would want absolutely no part of any bet of Lamar Jackson being out there. And I would be hoping if you are a ticket holder of the Ravens right now that Tyler Hundley does wind up getting the start because when it comes to Tyler Hundley, he's actually been relatively solid whenever he's been out there for this Baltimore Ravens team. And that game against the Green Bay Packers, he was able to throw for multiple touchdowns. The team was a successful two-point conversion away from winning that game outright against the Green Bay Packers. He certainly was able to lead the team to victory against the Bears. You could tell that he was just getting his feet wet, but in all three starts, he has completed north of 70% of his passes. No question, he is not quite what Lamar Jackson is because Lamar Jackson just does so much with being able to create, but that's part of the reason why if you're looking at this game and you're looking to bet on the Ravens, you probably wouldn't want Lamar Jackson to be out there just because part of what makes Lamar Jackson so great is being able to create with his feet, being able to give that dual threat. If he winds up getting the start in this game, he certainly is not going to be able to show all that. Either that or he's just trying to pull a fast one on us with the way that he was limping around right now. If you're taking a look at this game, the Rams are finding themselves a four and a half point favor with a total of 46 and a half. If you're looking at this game right now, I would say you probably want to be getting a little bit more injury information and or you're just betting on the Rams in general because there are some people that are of the mindset of myself that think that if it winds up being Hundley that winds up going against the Rams that the Rams should have a big advantage there. And if Lamar Jackson winds up going, I would actually say that that's even better than if you wind up getting the Hundley start. So I think that that's something that is very much of intrigue to be able to take a look at the next few days and something else that is fascinating, the futures of the NFL. We're going to be hitting on that market next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check out the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match up with the public opinion. It is available for Moneyline, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every single game at VSIN.com. As we are back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and we'll give you guys a little bit of a check-in here on the Las Vegas Bowl as right now it is Wisconsin with the ball. They are driving and it is a 20 to 13 game with four minutes and 10 seconds left to go as Wisconsin is trying to be able to get the cover in this spot. Right now, the only thing that's really available for live betting is the money line. And right now you're finding Wisconsin right around between $9 and a minus 1,000 favorite. So not a whole lot to be had here, but certainly if you want to firing on this game pre-flop and you want to taking Wisconsin laying about eight and a half to nine. This is a very, very significant drive right now. As right now they find themselves on the Arizona State 34 yard line, trying to be able to punch this ball in. And you probably don't want Wisconsin to be able to run out the clock here because that would mean that you would not be able to get the cover if you want to take in this late. Meanwhile, the total this wound up closing anywhere between 42 and 42 and a half. So you're going to need some late magic in order for this over to be able to get in right now it's looking like a little bit of an under but 
We have seen some very, very strange things throughout the lure of college bowl games. So this one still very much far from done. And something that is very far from done, just the playoff picture in general when it comes to the NFL. There is a lot that is going on with regards to it. And I think that it's really interesting to be able to take a look at it as you don't necessarily have a lot of division races that are necessarily going to be too hot and heavy. You do have a couple specific ones. But by and large, what you're taking a look right now at is teams to be able to win the NFC, to be able to win the AFC, to be able to win the Super Bowl, because things are starting to dwindle quite a bit when it comes to a lot of those props. So that certainly has been interesting to take a look at, to say the least, because we wound up having a lot of divisions this year that just wound up getting thrown for a little bit of a loop. You wind up seeing a bunch of teams be able to pull away late, like the Dallas Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers. So that has caused for a lot of these divisions to wind up not necessarily being a tight race. If you're looking at one, that you still have a little bit of life with, in my opinion. It is the AFC North because this is really the only division in which all four teams are still live. You've got the Steelers at 12-1, to 1, which, well, after what we wound up seeing last week, I can firmly say that it is going to be a very much an uphill race for them. The Cleveland Browns are at $5, and as long as Baker Mayfield is taking snaps for this team, that 5-1 to has absolutely no value whatsoever. The Ravens are at 6-1. I just wanted to mention the fact that they're probably better off with Hundley getting the surf this week, and it's a big giant bugaboo. And then the Bengals at currently minus 225. If you're looking for something chalky, I don't necessarily think that that's the worst bet in the world. I wouldn't want to be laying minus 225 personally, but I mean, if you're looking at anything with regards to divisional odds, that's probably where I'd be looking at this point because the other, I'll call it air quotes here, close divisional race, that'd be the Rams out there in the AA, in the NFC West. They're currently minus 330, be able to take that division. The Arizona Cardinals at plus 250, and I just do not feel as great about the Arizona Cardinals right now, now that they have been dealing with the injury to New Hopkins. But when it comes to the Bengals, I think that they've got a little bit of value here. And more specifically, I think that the Bengals and the Colts really have some value when it comes to being able to win the AFC slash being able to win the Super Bowl. I take a look at both of these teams, and I think that they're going to be able to have themselves a good rest of the season. Now with the Bengals, they are going to be up against it this week. They do have to play also a Kansas City Chiefs team that, they are currently leading the AFC. They have been really firing in all cylinders. You got a Bengals team that is a five-point underdog in this game. But when it comes to the Bengals, I've actually really been impressed by what I've seen at the defense this year. And with that, too, how about the way that the Chiefs defense has come on after they wound up having a very, very rough start to the year, first five or so weeks. But when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals team, if you're looking for a team that's going to be a little bit cheek, a team that is certainly going to be a little bit of an underdog in a lot of these postseason matchups, that this is a team that I think that you can be able to maybe hit your wagon to a little bit. I've personally been a little bit more on the Colts, but I take a look at the Colts and the Bengals, and I do think that they're going to be able to provide you some good value moving forward. And the way that I'd be taking a look at this is trying to take a look at what I would call a rollover. I explained this a little bit on the look at last week, but I really think that it's a good way to be able to take a look at some futures right now, because if you're taking a look at odds to be able to win the AFC, odds to be able to win the Super Bowl, what have you, Right now, if you'd be firing in on the Cincinnati Bengals, you'd be able to get them at 14-1. to I mentioned the Indianapolis Colts. You'd be finding them at plus 650. So that means that both of these teams need to win three games for you to be able to cash this in. Let's say that you like the Indianapolis Colts, for example, a team that 
it looks like they're not going to be able to win their division, which means that they are going to be a five, six, or seven seed, which means that at minimum, they're going to be playing two games on the road this postseason, which means that you're probably going to be able to find some good plus prices. And let's just simulate it out with the Colts in their three games. They wind up being even money in all three games on the money line. We both, we all know that this would not be the case. I mean, if they wind up facing off against Kansas City Chiefs, they would probably be, I would say, at least a $3 underdog, especially with them being on the road just in that one game and that one game alone. Perhaps they'd be a little bit of a slight favorite if they do wind up playing against a team like we're going to spitball here, the Buffalo Bills. But even in that case, if they're going to be playing on the road against the Buffalo Bills, which right now they'd be in position to do a little bit better than that, but you never know with the Miami Dolphins. That would certainly that would certainly move things a little bit. They could wind up playing against the Cincinnati Bengals as well, so that could make for a very interesting matchup. But I mean, let's just simulate that the Colts wind up going on the road. They wind up playing against the Buffalo Bills, for example. You got to think that the Bills at home would be a very slight favorite against the Colts, so you'd be able to get a little bit better than even money. So then they wind up winning that game. And then in the next game, they wind up playing against, we're going to spitball here once again, the Tennessee Titans. Just to give you guys a little bit of an example, you got to think that Colts versus Titans, Titans at home would be a little bit of a favorite. So your one unit that you want to putting on the money line that turns into, we'll call it two units. And then with your two units, you wind up rolling it over to this game against the Titans. Let's say that you wind up getting plus 120, for instance, now you're up to plus 4.4 units going into that final game. You got to figure that it probably is going to be against someone solid like the Chiefs. Against the Chiefs, they would probably be, like I said, north of a $3 underdog. Instead of getting plus 650 with your future, all of a sudden, you've been able to turn that into north of 12 to 1 right there. And on top of that, when you wind up doing this approach, what you're doing is you're mitigating risk as well. Because when you wind up firing in on a future, you either have to hedge out of it or you just have to write it out. You have really no other options than that. You do have a couple books that they do give you the choice of a little bit of an early payout, but obviously you're going to be taking pennies on the dollar when it comes to the early payout as well. And it's not necessarily as ideal. Meanwhile, with what I just laid out for you, let's say that you think that the Colts match up very well with the Buffalo Bills, for instance. You wind up taking that money line. You feel pretty good about it. But let's say that you take a look at things and you're like, man, they have to play against now the Cincinnati Bengals. Just spitballing a little bit of a scenario here. When you wind up seeing that bad matchup, instead of having a future in which you either have to hedge out of it or you just have to eat it and you have to ride it out, guess what? When you wind up just putting the one unit on the money line in the first game and you keep rolling it over, you don't need to keep rolling it over. If you see a matchup that you don't like, or, heaven forbid, we just wound up seeing it. Carson Wentz winds up testing positive for COVID-19. We've seen it with the NFL. They keep changing the protocol. The CDC winds up keeping on changing the protocol. It's literally something that is not just changing by the day, but it is changing by the hour at this point. So trying to keep straight who is all going to be in, who is all going to be out, is certainly a monumental task at this point. You can decide, you know what, I do not think that the Colts are going to have their full complement of players. They're going to be a little bit shorthanded in this game. I don't like the way that they are now shorthanded. Instead of keeping on with your future, you're able to give yourself that added protection as well, which I actually think that now this is the best time possible to wind up doing something like whether you call it a rolling money line parlay, whether you call it 
just a rollover, however you want to phrase it. I think that this is the best way to be able to go right now because even if you wind up getting a little bit less at the end of it, you give yourself that added protection, which I think is just so important because when it comes to betting futures, when you wind up hedging, sometimes you don't necessarily have the world's greatest options to be able to hedge with as well. And sometimes you wind up getting into a case in which it's like, if this winds up winning, I get a little bit of a profit. If this winds up losing, I assure myself that I'm not going to be at a total loss. Instead, you can just walk away with the full amount of winnings that you wound up having at the forefront and you don't have to worry about it anymore. So I do think that that is something that is very good to be able to take a look at this NFL postseason because there are certain teams that they match up better. You've got all the injury and COVID information as well. And I do advise this when it comes to pretty much any sport, whether it be MLB postseason, take a look at some of those series prices, the NCAA tournament as well. I think that this is a very good way to be able to maneuver, try to be able to get the most out of your bets, and at the same time, provide yourself with some protection and something else that is quite dangerous, the NBA. We're going to be diving into that next right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Save 50% off a VSIN all access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. Get access to our in depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every single game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits, showing you where the money is going on every game. Sign up today, and you'll also get our daily best bets emails, weekly betting guides, 24 7 video, plus our all new college football bowl betting guide, giving you coverage on every single bowl game, and you get all that for $39 and that is at vsin.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the lookout with myself Greg Peterson and 
We've got ourselves a situation out here in Las Vegas. Right now, there is three seconds left on the clock, and whether or not you wind up getting a cover in the Las Vegas Bowl or not is depending on whether or not the Wisconsin Badgers want to kick a field goal here or not. <laughs> because right now, you've got three seconds left. It's a fourth down. Ball is right now on the five-yard line, so it looks like the Wisconsin Badgers might be trying to just pull a play in which they wind up kneeling after the clock winds up going to zero, so we might be getting some very big shenanigans here. We're going to be hitting on the NBA in a second, but I want to let you guys know because I know that there are a few of you guys who are sweating this one out. What winds up happening on this one as certainly is a very strange situation. Will we wind up getting the runaround and get the slide, or do we wind up having all chaos wind up ensuing as the fullback winds up getting the ball, clock goes to zero, Wisconsin Gets the win, but if you wound up laying the eight and a half late with the Badgers, they do not wind up getting the cover. This one winds up landing 20 to 13 as well after you wound up actually seeing quite a bit of scoring in the first half, and then this game just flat out died if you're looking at the over because, I mean, that's just how Wisconsin plays its games. I am a native of the great state of Wisconsin. You wound up seeing a whopping seven points in the second half as the Arizona State Sun Devils Got a touchdown in the third quarter, and that is all that you wound up getting in terms of scoring in the entire second half. So Wisconsin gets it done outright. They are unable to cover. If you wind up having the under, that winds up getting there as well. And hopefully you wind up having the under in the amount of games that will be played in the NBA on Thursday because you did wind up having a game get postponed between the Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors. I know that Draymond Green was very livid about that, so hopefully we can get a little bit more of a full slate of NBA on Friday for this New Year's Eve as it is going to be really interesting to see what we wind up getting out of a lot of these games because you've got actually some very early games. I know that there have been many books that have been a little bit hesitant to try to post some early lines, but when you wind up having games that start at like 10 a.m. Pacific like this, Suns versus Celtics game, things are going to get wretcheded up a little bit as there were really no lines on this game until now. DraftKings literally minutes ago wound up posting up the first spread as you wound up having the Suns opening up a three and a half point favorite. This has just moved to four. Right now, I'm not seeing any totals on this game, but I think that this is a really fascinating spot when it comes to it because, I mean, the Phoenix Suns, well, they've been about as hot as the Sun thus far this season, and they've actually been able to do their best work on the road. An 11 and three record on the road. Meanwhile, you've got a Celtics team that, I think many of you guys would agree with me, has been one of the more frustrating teams to be able to take a look at in the NBA. This is a bunch that last time they wound up winning a game, it was before Christmas, so has been a tad bit of an issue for them. And really, the offense has been in a little bit of a slump recently. And when you take a look at this Celtics team, it's a team that has really been centered around Jason Tatum and Jason Tatum only. So hopefully they don't wind up having him deal with anything because he has been really the lone consistent cog for the team. He's the only player that has played in more than 30 games other than Marcus Smart as well. He's been a relative stalwart for the team, but you've had a lot of moving parts when it comes to the Celtics team. They have been moving Dennis Schroeder to the bench a little bit more, and I don't necessarily know if that's necessarily the best role for him. Now he's in COVID-19 protocols, so that has made things all the more interesting as he is going to be remaining out for this game against the Suns, I know that there was a little bit as to whether or not he'd be able to return because he wound up entering into protocols after that 22nd game against the Cavaliers. He is so going to be out, so I think that that is an important note 
when it comes to this game because he's really been one of the better microwave scorers for the Celtics side named Jason Tatum, a guy that has only been able to shoot right around 33% from three-point range, but has done a good job of being able to get to and hit his free throws. Meanwhile, I mentioned it with Jason Tatum. Guy has been absolutely tremendous, but are you going to be able to get help from players that named Jalen Brown is a big question. Now, I do like what you've been able to get out of Al Horford this season, a guy that's been able to give you right around 12.5 points per game. He's been able to emerge for this team a little bit as of late, a solid passer for a guy of his size. But I take a look at the Suns, and I do think that they should be able to have the upper hand in this one. Now, with the Suns, something that you've got to be gauging with this, and I always try to gauge it when it comes to college basketball as well, these early wake-up calls for these West Coast teams because this is 10 a.m. Pacific, so... I believe Arizona time because they're a little bit different than West Coast time. I believe that this is going to be 11 o'clock for them, but when it comes to Arizona time, that's really hard to gauge. But either way, this is going to be a very early game for the Phoenix Suns. And when it comes to the Suns, they are dealing with some health and safety protocols of their own. DeAndre Ayton, JaVale McGee, Jay Crowder, all out for this game. So that is something that is very, very Intriguing to take a look at, but you're going to have your main backcourt pieces when it comes to the Suns. You're going to have Chris Paul out there. You're going to have Devin Booker. So that is going to be very big for this team. And they wound up really taking their first two-game losing streak of the season prior to being able to get that win against the Oklahoma City Thunder. You got to feel like the fact that they wound up being a little bit more depleted wound up taking a tad bit of something out of them. But I do think that they should be fine in this game. And what I think is going to be really big for them as well is what you've been able to get out of Mikhail Bridges. Bridges has just been really a good glue guy for the team. Someone that's been chipping in there right around 12 points. Shoots 38.5% from three-point range as a six foot six, Do a little bit of everything sort of guy. And then when it comes to the guys that are going to have to be able to step up a little bit down low, they're really going to be looking at Jalen Smith, in my opinion. Smith is someone that wanted coming out of Maryland with quite a bit of promise. I still remember last year, he was actually in the G League. That was... Not necessarily the world's greatest look for him, but you take a look at the way that he's been able to emerge the last two games, and it has been really a nice find for this team. In the games against Oklahoma City and Memphis, it combined 26 points, 23 rebounds, and two blocks. So Jalen Smith is starting to live up to his billing. I think that that's going to be really big against a pair of teams that we're going to call what it is. They're dealing with health and safety protocols, but I do have a little bit more faith in the Phoenix Suns backcourt. And when it comes to the NBA, I always want to reiterate this. This is a sport in which you want to be taking a little bit more of a look at in-game because when it comes to the NBA, at some point, I have a feeling that you're going to be finding the Phoenix Suns leading by double digits. You're probably going to find them trailing by double digits at some point as well. Just a big, giant game of runs. So try to be able to find yourself an opportunity in-game. Obviously, I will give you anything on the total because we just don't have a total available right now. But I'd be taking a look at the Suns being able to Get it done here. They wound up opening up three and a half at DraftKings. Now we've seen an F4, and I do agree with the move. And then you've got another game that's going to be going down very, very early as well. That'd be this Bulls versus Pacers game with the Pacers, finding them as a three and a half point underdog total. That is also currently off the board. We've been noticing that a lot of these totals have been going up more in the AM. I remember college basketball used to be a little bit more like this. You've now got more overnight totals when it comes to this, but I mean, it makes a little bit of sense because you do have so many guys that are health in health and safety protocols in this game as well. And I mean, it's just really hard to take a look at the Pacers right now because really their heart and soul backcourt pieces, Malcolm Brogdon and Chris Duarte, they're going to be out for this game. Meanwhile, for the Chicago Bulls, Ursan Ilyasova, Lonzo Ball, these guys are both going to be out of the fold. So, I mean, that makes things very complicated, but when it comes to Bulls, they do have a little bit more of their frontline firepower that is going to be available in this game. And that's really what NBA handicapping is becoming right now. 
who is actually going to be playing after you wind up having everything with regards to health and safety protocols. Who winds up getting picked up the off the scrap heap because we wound up seeing Craig Monroe become like the 534th player used this year. That was that set an NBA record and. I mean, the NBA record has already been set. And we're still in December, people. We have yet to hit the new year. Now, When it, you, if you're out there on the East Coast, you're right around about 22 to 23 hours away from the new year. But still, I mean, the fact that we want reaching a usage record for most players before the new year just absolutely baffles the mind. It tells you just where we're at right now. But, I mean, when you take a look at the backcourt, of the Bulls, the combo of DeMar DeRozan along Zach Levine, I think should be more enough in this spot. Now, you've obviously got the Celt you've obviously got the Pacers who are going to be playing at home in this game, but what are you going to be able to get out of this Pacers backcourt? I think it's a very good question because Malcolm Brogdon has really been able to do a good job of being able to emerge as sort of the guy that's able to carry the mail for this team. Does a great job of being able to dish out the ball. Obviously, a very good shooter in and of his own right as well, but now it's going to be Karis Levert and more Karis Levert. And Levert is a solid player. You salute him for everything that he wanted. Going through, obviously, the diagnosis that he wanted for seeming last year was a little bit frightening. And he's been able to step up for the team recently. A pair of 27-point performances against the Bulls and the Hornets. But, and you'll recall, last time these two teams wound up playing on Sunday, the Pacers wound up losing that game by a count of 113 to 105. And I just don't think that you're going to be seeing a whole heck of a lot to make you think otherwise in this game. You're going to be really looking at low post pieces of DeMontes Sabonis along with Miles Turner and I think that Nikolai Vucevic is going to be able to do a good job in this game so I do take a look at both road favorites and I think that there's a little bit of an edge there and I've got to try to find you some edges in college basketball we're going to do that to lead off our number two of the look at right here on VSIN Esports Bank Network this is VSIN this is VSIN this is VSIN MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.